We have one of the most talented singer-songwriters in the industry up and coming right now, coming all the way from Los Angeles, born in Mexico, had her time in Illinois, was in Utah. She's been around the United States and around the world. It's an insane journey for her, and she is joining me on the show here today, Poleos. Po, what's going on? Welcome to the show, Sports and Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max. Yo, thank you for having me, man. It's crazy. Like, shoot. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Of course. Congratulations on everything that you've achieved so far. I want to start off with this because I know you write a song every day. What was your song about today? Oh, well, actually today, my session's starting a little later, but I actually already have some ideas, man. I'm thinking about, like, you know, the duality of people, like how they start off one way and they change completely. You know, like when somebody, you meet them and they're like 100% perfect. And like, oh, my God, they're so thoughtful. They're so they're about you all day, every day. They got time for you, like all this. And then I think like, like slowly at the time, they slowly start dumbing it down. And like you start expecting less and less. And, you know, the rules kind of change up. So I'm thinking about something like that, maybe, you know. I've noticed that you've been having some South by Southwest performances. How those gone for you? Man, it was so much fun. Like it was such a supportive crowd out there, like. I don't know. The people in Austin, Texas are just lit. Like, you can play something they don't even know, and they're dancing to it like crazy. It was a good experience. I was so glad to test out some new music, like, you know, test out the sound. People are feeling it. So, yeah. Was this the first time on your major stages as far as South by Southwest? Have you done any Rolling Loud yet, or is that coming soon? Coming soon, man. That was my first big festival ever in my life. And first time I've ever been to South by Southwest. First really big stage ever, like, I mean, I think in my life. So, yeah, it was really dope. Did you learn crowd control beforehand or was this your first time in front of that large crowd being that it was a huge stage? You know, I feel like I've been in front of large crowds, but it's like um, in the hometown type of vibe, like Salt Lake City, Utah, like they have a lot of shows and I used to open up for a lot of artists. So like I've been in front of big crowds ever since I was little too. I've been performing around uh, big crowds and stuff. So that's always been a natural thing for me is like to be confident. But, you know, I'm still learning how to work a crowd. So, like, every day I'll get better. And I still would like to have some coaching on that end. Like, you know, like you said, crowd control. Definitely. How was your experience of being born in Mexico and then coming to the States and having your time outside of Illinois and eventually making your way to Salt Lake City in Utah? Man, it was dope because, um, you know, in Mexico, obviously, I was there for a very little time of my like birth like and I moved immediately to the U.S. but going back to Mexico every single year like I would go for like two to three months at a time every summer it was like one of those things your mom sends you after the summer she goes with you you know like so I was there every single summer and it was good to see the back and forth like the like I'm gonna say it again like duality like in life there's a lot of duality so like coming back to the U.S. and then going to Mexico and comparing contrasting like how people live different lives or even a radio like seeing how like a song out here it might be huge out here and nobody knows it out there or like seeing how like post malone is big out here and he's big out there like you know like being able to compare artists who actually make it through the boundaries of like crossing over it was good like to see that growing up because it helped me low-key in my artistry and like you know having the first language being another language a foreign language is a, a big plus and i would say to anybody with kids and anybody with the hispanic background or who knows spanish definitely teach your kids um that language first because it'll give it'll unlock a whole nother part of their brains like even in writing in a writing process you get to have twice as much words options and vibe as everybody else and then you know illinois it was its own vibe as well because i was in a kind of small town but i grew up with a big town vibe because chicago i mean it's like right next door i spent pretty much all weekends there my mom worked in a city 
So like we were, you know, moving around a lot as a kid anyway. And then, man, I moved to Utah when I was like 13. Man, it was like night and day. And but I'll say it again. That was also great. Like, I feel like all this molded me into like fitting into different crowds and like reading people and like, you know, and music being like, although maybe they do not they don't relate to the words, they still love the music just as much. Like, you know, being in Utah, it's a whole different lifestyle. You know, like people are a lot more calm in the house, uh, on the Internet more like than anything like, you know, so it was good. Like, I feel like I grew a lot mentally at a young age. I was already really like, I already knew who I was because seeing all these different people, I'm like, I'm not like you. I'm not like you. I'm not like you. And I'm not like you. I'm like you little, but like, you know, everybody like, you know, made me feel like, like I learned a little bit more about myself being around so many people in my life, you know? Don't you feel comfortable as a person once you realize that you're not like the other people around you? Because I feel as though everyone is always trying to fit in. And I think it's always better to be an outsider. Yeah, man, I feel like it's um, I feel like you're hiding that from yourself. If you say that you're like everybody else, you're, if anything, suppressing and you don't know much about yourself. Knowing about yourself is knowing that you're individual as hell. Like, I mean, me, I don't think there'll ever be another me ever in my life. Like, I don't think anyone reaches the same like mental, like the thoughts I have on a day to day basis. I know no one on one just based off the fact that I'm a creator and creating is like if you're biting off someone else's creation, then you're automatically not creating something, you know? And I feel like since the beginning of my time, I'll say I was always creating something new, always trying something new, doing something that was considered weird, standing out. I mean, at times I ended up like, it would just be me, like uh, in a room full of people, it would just be me. I always knew like, you know, at first I thought maybe it was a bad thing, you know? Of course, we all start off like that, thinking, oh, maybe I'm weird and like, I'm never going to fit in. But it's like, after a while, I swear I hit that wall at like 12, like 12, 13 years old where I was like, but that's the point. Like, it's not a bad thing. I swear, like I hit that so young and like, I don't know, realizing that really helped confidence because I think if I let that eat up my confidence, I wouldn't be able to do what I do today and present myself to people. So, you know, yeah, for sure. I had to own it. Like, you know, it's important that you did. I know music was always a thing in your musical background as far as growing up in your family. Your sister is actually a classical pianist. Yeah, and plenty more, man. My sisters are very talented. I have an older sister. She plays the piano classically trained. She plays um the clarinet. The she's self taught in the saxophone, trumpet. Pretty much like my family, just like they cling on to things very fast. I have another sister who plays the saxophone. Another sister who plays the flute. My mother is an amazing singer, and all of her brothers and sisters, which is twelve of them total the aunts and uncles, all of them sing, harmonize, and play at least the instrument. So yeah, it's definitely in our family, like 100%. You received your guitar for Christmas. You were watching all the YouTube videos online and learning karaoke, and you were the only person that was performing in front of your mother at that time. Yeah, you know, it was like um, a bond between me and her that like, I'm going to say, and my sister said, hey, before it, but that I had with her that nobody else had. So, like, you know, we wake up Sunday mornings, pretty much you name it, any day of the week where we have free time. Like, we wake up, make ourselves our coffee. I have been drinking coffee for so long, man. We wake up, drink our coffees together and put on, like, on the TV. Instead of just watching TV, we put on karaoke on YouTube and just immediately get to singing, me and my mother. Like, she would teach me songs and explain to me stories about how her father taught her this song. And, like, how she had been singing this song since she was six years old. She would teach it to me. And, like, you know, stuff that I don't necessarily remember spot on, but I know she taught me. Like, she taught me how to harmonize. She taught me about, um like, 
vibrato, like stuff like that you learn in a real school. She taught me in our living room on the couch, like, you know, just sitting there taking her time with me. I had been learning how to sing from her since I was four. Like, but my mom says I had been saying I was going to be a singer since I was one. I don't remember that part back, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, she's right. Like, you know, but it was always something between me and her. Like she was my first vocal coach, life coach, like breathing coach. And even like she would my mom would be one of those people like stand up straight, hold your chin up. Like, you know, like look at people in their eyes, speak with respect. Like that's my mom has always been like that. And thankful for I'm so thankful for her because she taught me how to be the good talker I am today, the explainer I am today. The, I feel like she helps me present myself as who I want to be. Like she knew what I was going for. And she's like, here, I got you. Bro. I'm going to help you. <laughs> <laughs> Who's an artist that you would credit in helping you learn the English language? Because you hear all these stories. Giselle Bunchen came to the States and learned the English language by listening to Boys to Men. I know Beyonce is a huge influence for you. Who was that artist that you can credit helping you learn the English language? Well, my first couple of artists that I remember really just blasting around the house. I remember mm-hmm. like it was yesterday, that song by um, Chris Brown. It was like, oh, what song was it? Um, was it Run It, Look At Me Now? No, it was an old Chris Brown song, the R&B song. I remember stuff like that playing in the house and like Neo and stuff like that. My, but that was my sisters really playing it, like, you know. And then I remember like. Back then when I, because when I was younger, it was really only Spanish music up until I hit like a certain point where I discovered English music by myself. Because in my household, it was kind of like nobody would listen to hip hop that much. Like my sisters did, but outside the house or on their headphones. And like, honestly, to be real, if I were to play hip hop in my room, like my mom probably be like, yo, like turn that off. It has bad words or whatever, you know. But in Spanish, like there's artists who are already doing that cross like boundary thing, like Romeo Santos and Bachata. He has songs from back in the day with Drake in 2008 where he had an English verse on. And that's when I was like, whoa, like, this is good. Like, I like the English stuff, too, now. Like, and then I would hear, like, he also did a song with Usher or a song with Lil Wayne. Like, he was already doing that innovative, like, English and Spanish stuff. So, and Selena Quintanilla, like, she was the perfect example for me as a child of who I can be. Like, I am able to represent my country and represent, like, my you know, my culture as well, because my country at the same time is also the United States, but my culture is Mexico. So Selena, like, showed us, like, how you can do that. Like, you can respect both. Like, you can be singing a Diana Ross song one day and the next day sing a whole Spanish song. Like, so I think those were a couple people. Um, I'd like to say as well, like, people like, um, man, dang, it just left my mind. Prince Royce, like, you know, in the younger generation, that's what I was looking at, you know. They were always in the mainstream whether that be in English or Spanish, they were there, they were keeping it new, trying out new ideas. So I feel like that's a couple. And Beyonce, of course. Beyonce has, I don't think at all any Latin blood in her, but she's always done like Spanish versions, full Spanish versions of her songs. Like that song, Listen, that she has, there's a whole Spanish version. There's a whole Spanish uh, to the left. Um, Pretty much name it, she has a Spanish version. So does Brian McKnight. I noticed on one of his early albums, he did a remix to Back at One in Spanish. I didn't know that. Yep. It's always interesting to see English artists do that. Yeah, and that's how you gain an audience, a, a diverse audience, too. Drake, man. Drake, Mia, Bad Bunny. That was all. He was just in there having fun at first, I bet you. And then second, it was a smart move. Like, he unlocked a whole new, man. Crazy. Marketing geniuses. <laughs> yeah, Thing, man and that's I feel like some of us have that built in us where we could just choose to make those decisions for ourselves to stand out and do that 
Yeah. Speaking of the, the genius, you worked with him. Uh, he actually did Drake's controller. Oh yeah, the genius. Yo, he's crazy. He's so cool, man. He's actually really talented. He's messes a lot with reggaeton, surprisingly too, and like Becky G and people like that. And um, yeah, man. Originally, I had met him for the HBO. I'm not sure you heard about it. The HBO show that. I'm- Insecure on the soundtrack. Um, I was featured on season four, episode look at four. Me. Yeah, look at me. It was on the Thanksgiving episode. Um, you know, it was actually so funny because that day, knowing it was the genius, me, I'm like one of those people who, if I know who the producer is, I'll obviously look up a couple of their songs, you know, find out their vibe. But I also recommend don't do that because this is why. So that day I walked in that studio thinking, cool, we're going to make some dance hall reggaeton vibe and we're going to kill it. It's going to be lit. We did that. Of course, it was fun. And, you know, like, that's what I do. So we did that fast, but we had extra time. So we were having fun. We ended up writing a rap song. One of my friends, I was thinking she was going to rap it. But they're like, yo, Bo, you should rap it. And I'm like, sir, do you know I am not a rapper? And he's like, nah, but like, makes a little Spanish in there. And just like, you know, like mess, mess around with it. Like, you know, vibe with it. You could kill it. Like, you could still pull it off not being a rapper. So they really just gassed me up. Like I'll say the genius and everybody in that room gave me the confidence to rap. I still feel like I'm not a rapper to this day, but man, they pushed me out of my comfort zone. And that second song was the one that actually got picked. Not even the first song that I thought was the best one. And that's how life works, man. Like you sleep on some records. And now, nowadays people walk up to me about that record and they're like, I know the whole beginning. I learned it. I don't even know Spanish. And they're like, you know, stuff like that. It's good to hear. And knowing I made it with somebody like the genius and a couple other, uh, producers like heartbreak food from the eardrummers and chris who worked with a bunch of big artists so you know it's actually dope it's dope to have that christopher bush is a life-changing connection for you you met him through his daughter at a at her sweet 16 birthday party yeah man it's crazy how life works like you really just make friends and your friends introduce you to other friends and then those friends end up being lifelong friends you know it's really how it happened with me and him it was natural i'm not i'll I can never say it was forced at all because moving to Utah, I knew nobody. And that automatically meeting the one person in Utah that had connections outside of Utah, it was wild. Like, it's meant to happen. It was meant to be. Aunt Live is someone else that saw something in you. How did you meet Aunt Live? Aunt Live, I met him through, actually through Chris Bush. And um, the thing was that, you know, they're cousins, first cousins. So Aunt Live is um, the younger brother of Eric B from Eric B and Rakim, the rap group, legendary. And, you know, he helped a couple people get on, like, Jay-Z. He helped with Will Smith in the beginning of his career. Big, Big Daddy Kane. Exactly. So he's already, I mean, his name holds weight, period. People know him. And, but he's also very humble. He was living a low-key life, living in Las Vegas, chilling, like, really just, like, down-to-earth, chill, humble man. And um, Chris told him about me. And since he was living in Vegas or in Utah, he took the four-hour drive or six-hour drive. And um, came over one night. It was like real late at night. And he had me sing for him. And I did. And he was like, yo, this is great. Like, I really believe in it. We should go um, take this to L.A. And I want to introduce you to some producers. And literally, he just took us in, like, under his wing and, like, introduced us to everybody he could. And he would roll with us all the way to Cali. Like, we take a van. We get hotel rooms. And, like, he would always be right by our side. Like, he was our roll dog. Like, it was dope, man. Rest in peace, Aunt Live. He sadly died, you know, like passed away. But, you know, he he set up my whole life. He, everything I have now is because it started with him. Like he really just set up those stones for me to step on and like 
he told me, he was like, you know, you're using me to start. He's like, it's only going to grow from here. And like, he would always have long talks about remembering who I am, you know, stuff like that, like deep stuff. Like, I think he had a lot. He affected my career a lot. Good way. Like, you know, I think about him every day. So, you know, rest in peace and life. Rest in peace. You've even mentioned it, that he's, he did more for you in three to four months and meeting him than most people ever did throughout your whole life. Yeah, you know, um, that's how it goes in life. Some people being around you so long, they sometimes forget that you still need help, you know? They'll kind of like, it just, you get written off, you know? You'll have family that even just doesn't feel like they really just put anything in when they know they have, they can help you. So, like, he really just stuck his hand out, him and Chris, you know? And my family, my my close family, like my sisters and my mother, they're the most supportive people in the world. Them and Chris and Aunt Live were the people, the reasons why I made it here. Like, I couldn't have done it alone. Like, you really do need a support system in this in this type of industry. Wanting to be front and center, you need people to fall back on in the hard times. And those were my people. So, And those are the people that matter most when you're going through your hard times. Hell yeah, man. Period. That's right. It's important. And through Ant Live, you get connected with Flavor Flav. He saw you perform. He saw something in you. Can you recall the first time that you saw Flavor Flav and met him? Man, you know what? I really can't. I can't. I just always remember him, like, around. Like, I do remember from the beginning, like, when we met, Ant Live introduced me to him. And, like, Ant Live and him are already, like, brothers. So he's like, okay, cool. I'm your Uncle Flav now. I'm like, okay, lit. Like, it was kind of like just one day to the next. We're family. We're going over to his house. He's having, like, you know, cookouts in the grill. Like, like pretty much from, like, the first day we met him, we immediately linked. Like, that man is just, like, a good-hearted man. I've never met, like, a legend so down-to-earth and, like, you know, humble. Like, Flavor Flav is genuinely a cool dude. Transcending any type of age or year that he used, like, like when he first started, he is still... 100% that dude, like, just, I rock with him heavy. Flavor Flav is real as hell. Public enemy legend. What did it mean to you for him to invite you on his show? And he actually had you perform on there with the guitar. More than anything, it's like, like I said before, like, the people you'll have closest to you will hesitate the most to help you. So that meant a lot that he was thinking of me, like, you know, knowing he could have a lot of legends on the show and he put, he picked me for that show. I'm like, okay, bet. so you rock with me, <laughs> you know? And not that, like, you know, he told me, he's like, you know, one promise I made to Ant was that I was always going to have your back and you're always going to be good. And like, you know, I'm keeping my promise. Like, that's literally what he told me that day. And like, it's stuff like that that matters a lot more than just the, like, the push and the attention and the promotion, you know? It matters more that, like, he did that out of the kindness of his heart to fulfill a promise. Like, you know, that's a real, that's a real dude right there is what I meant to say. He's a real dude, Mm -hmm. you know? I love to see you two collaborate on a track, especially with his ad libs. Might be crazy, low key. Yeah. That could be wild. That would be insane. I, I read online too when I was researching, you took some part in some writing workshops. Oh, yeah. Um, well, the writing workshop for HBO was one. Um, I did a writing workshop with Taylor Parks recently um, for a couple of artists, including Anita and um, Van Jess, amongst another couple writers. Um, yeah, I've been doing a couple writing workshops for a minute. Like I did my own, I had my own writing workshop for my team, you know, cause I know a lot of writers and at the same time, I write a lot of my own stuff, but it's always good to outsource as they call it 
for, you know, for ideas because you're only one person and you can only experience so much in your life that if you can take uh, inspiration from another person's either experience or the way they see things and, you know, put that into your music, it's only going to get better and more relatable. So that's what I try to do, you know, keep it open. You're one of the most versatile up and coming singer songwriters out there. What was your process in learning how to write songs of different genres from Japanese boy bands to reggaeton, Latin, trap, everything, R&B? You know, um, one of my main things I credit a lot of my, um, I guess a lot of my outcomes to is because of, I guess, actually somebody saw by Southwest asked me about this. And my saying is really like, think less and do more. And although in life, that's not exactly 100% accurate in the music industry, because music is such a um, non-graspable thing and it's so malleable to where you can you can mold it to whatever you want is what I mean to say, that you really just do have to think less, trust yourself. Because as a creator, something that may not be good right now can grow to be good. And although it may not, it may be the first take and it's rough, that first take has something in there that you, your body felt natural coming out with. So I, I like to in those rooms where I'm trying a new genre is like, I just move, I roll with the punches and whatever I feel like naturally comes out of me with this, let's mold that. And then, you know, if I take some tips from someone saying, okay, maybe this will help it make it more J-pop. Maybe this will make it more R&B. You know, it'll only mold as it goes. So it's always about trusting your first instinct, like, you know, and just taking that jump. Like if you don't ever try, you're never going to get it. And I feel like that's one of the main things that um, used to block me when I was starting out as a writer. And I mean, even starting out as a writer, like I didn't have somebody right next to me explaining to me like, okay, pick a subject and then write the verse and then the hook. It was always like I was kind of like sitting there with the beat and like I just always like I don't know how to explain it. I guess you press play on the beat and the whole song kind of just as I heard the beat, I can hear the whole song. Like it's kind of like in my brain, like I just like already imagine it. So, yeah, I also have a big imagination. It might be part of that. So <laughs> Yeah. What's the most important platform on social media or any type of media that you use nowadays? Because back in the day when you really got your start, it was Facebook, which you were getting all the views from, from your covers. Yeah, man. Facebook was crazy. It's so, it's so easy to just rack up a bunch of views. And like, it was paying off a lot more back then because people my age were really heavily on Facebook and being Facebook famous was really important to people my age. So, you know, that was real easy to get up on, but Right now, it's Instagram is actually where I've had a lot of my biggest connections recently and my biggest numbers. And, you know, it's more of like, I feel like long term for me, like I'm really active on there. But um, other than that, um, since the beginning, Snapchat's been really big. Um, Snapchat's been like my views on Snapchat are crazy because I used to make these stickers with my Snapchat QR code on it and stick them everywhere. In every city I would meet, I go to you name it, I would stick it in. Like, people add me from all over. So I get, like, thousands of views on my Snapchat as well. But other than that, I mean, Facebook to this day, like, I'll still post on there, like, sometimes. And um, my YouTube, I've been trying to post more on there, too. My views on there are pretty much the most active. But, yeah, my Instagram, you know, if you really want to see me on a day-to-day basis and know what I'm doing, go to my Instagram. For sure. Make sure you check out on Instagram at Poleos. Yeah, P-O-E-L-E-O-S. 
<laughs> you can check out all the daily content, daily uploads there, upcoming work for performances, everything. But we're going to get into some other things here as far as your career, because you, you have a lot on the way here. And not only that, but you, you signed a deal with Sync. I sure did. Yep. Sync Music, man. They're crazy. The best people, so supportive. They have connections to um, a lot of Latin American artists, especially Mexican artists. And I love that. Like, it's like a perfect uh, mix, like, if I could say, like, of everything I wanted. Like, they have artists from Mike Zombie who did... Um, Started from the bottom beat? Yeah, exactly. They have him. They have artists from Houston, Texas, like Squalor. They have um, Colombian artists, like, and now they have um, also really big artists, discographies, like Janet Jackson, Bad Bunny. Um, they have Anuela Ad, pretty much a lot of big artists in all aspects, Jason Derulo. So like, you know, they're pretty much heavy already. They have a lot of weight and in their name and they make big moves and they, they move, move forward. They don't just stay in the same lane. They're always trying something new, you know, and I really like that about them. So yeah, we signed a deal. We're preparing a bunch of songs. The first song just released March 11th, 241. And, you know, after that, we'll be releasing a new song pretty much every like 10 to 12 days up until we release the EP. And, yeah, I'm excited. With them, we're going to be releasing English and Spanish. That's so going to be dope. Talk to me about the upcoming EP. Is there anything that you can reveal about it? Man. Um, well, I'll, I, I don't know if it's a reveal, but it's um, like a PS. PS, Polio has made most of these beats. So, you know... And also engineers. So when you hear that, that's really me. So, yeah, that's I think that's a big thing for me. I'm really putting my heart out there on the dance floor like this. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm I'm excited for the critique. Like that's why I always look forward to it because I'm always looking to grow. And, you know, I'm not going to be the same person I was today, tomorrow. So, no, that's for sure. And you're only growing. What's a genre of music that you're looking to explore that you haven't yet as far as writing or even getting involved with as a singer? You know, it's so crazy you ask that because I was just thinking this morning about um, the possibilities of, man, so hear me out. In Spanish, in Mexico, we have our own version of country music. It's like our own, like, it's, I guess it's a mixture of like how we do Norteñas, like, which is technically Northern music, what we call it, but it's like band music. And I've always been thinking like the melodies give me a vibe of country music in English. And, like, so imagine a country song, but in Spanish. But, like, you know, a mix of, like, Spanish, like, sing rap. Because, you know, like, in country music nowadays, even in English, they do sing rap already. And, like, they'll even mix in trap now, like, trap beats. So I'm thinking of, like, something like that, but possibly in Spanish to bring in my own vibe. And it's already really natural because I grew up listening to Northern, like, Norteño Banda music in Spanish. So, you know, I'm thinking of doing something like that, maybe even... I grew up with also a lot of bachata, even though bachata is from a different culture. It's still like Latin culture in general. So I grew up with that. I would love, love to try that. Like, that would be crazy. That's interesting. And it's and it's amazing to see like how countries kind of evolved over the years because it's become more urban. You look at the artists and majority are urban artists. Exactly. Yup. Everything, man. I'm, it's like vibrance, like colors like are coming to the front now. I feel like everybody is getting a chance i feel like it in every country we all know there's colorism and there's always um misrepresentation there's not enough representation so i feel like nowadays people are pushing for that and people are putting themselves in the line like there's going to be someone else who relates to me who feels like they look just like me who feels like they want to be like me you know and 
I think that's what the younger me needed, like to see people like me up there on that stage. So I'm happy about that. Absolutely. HBO, we brought that up before. We're insecure. Are you looking to get involved in any other TV series? Yeah, man. Plenty more. I would love to even do acting. So look, I look forward for that, man. There's definitely always opportunities on the way. So, yeah. What role are you looking to play in a movie or a TV series? What What is the Poleo's role? I don't know, man. I feel like low-key I could be a voice actress, actor, because, like, I have this voice where, like, on some days, it could be low like this, like, you know, chill. And but but then on days I'll be like this and I'll be very lit and I'll be like, I think definitely I could vibe in a setting where they put different cartoons on me, like I have a voice and this and that, like, you know, or even in person, like I would love to be on one of those shows where you like walk up and do a performance on the TV show, or like, you know, even acting, I feel like full on acting. If I can, if it's one thing I can do is I can portray emotion in real life. So just put me in front of a camera and do that. I feel like I could do it. I th- I could see it happening. You're versatile and, and you're achieving everything out here, working hard. But Pop Star, that's my favorite song. I look, listen to your discography. Pop Star is the top one. For real? Yeah. That's crazy. You know, I made that beat too with my producer, Stanley. That's right. I, I did read about that online. Yeah, man. It was actually, um, it came together like, one of those days where like we're just going to the studio and Stanley's like you got a song to record and I really didn't but that song like I had just kind of like freestyled it in the bathroom at the hotel before I got there and I was like well I know what chords I would like to play but I don't have a beat to it and I kind of have a verse so I went ahead played the bells and we recorded it quickly that day and um I had a meeting with the label at the time I was with under Atlantic and they were like whoa this song like ASAP needs to drop I'm like what are you talking about that took us like 15 minutes like that's not even to me like it feels like it didn't feel like I did something but until I released it I knew I did something I was like okay so I really did something (laughs) yeah what's next for you what's next for you besides the EP you're you're already performing a South by Southwest what's next for you for this year and in the long-term future man I look forward to releasing with new artists features um I'm producing a couple albums for artists, um, writing for big artists, people I love. Actually, today I have a session as well with the artists I love. Can't really disclose it because I'm not sure yet 100% if it's, you know, but wish me luck. Um, hopefully much more placements to be able to um, become more independent as an artist financially. Um, being able to step out on a whim and do shows wherever I like, whenever I like. That's definitely coming up soon. We're doing shows, planning shows. Um, going out of the country to work with uh, artists in Europe, in Sweden, in Japan, and also in Colombia, man. Like, we have some plans to be moving around. Um, other than that, I have some partnerships and sponsorships and brand deals coming up and people I'm working relationships with already. So maybe even on the fashion tip, you might see me in a couple weeks, like, a hey, polio is modeling that new this that you know don't sleep on it it's definitely coming with planning stuff i'm moving you know we always stay moving every day and making new moves so mm-hmm. it's something coming but fashion is a passion of yours beyonce is also a fashion inspiration for you as well not only as a vocalist and songwriter yeah um i would say that for sure i feel like in the fashion aspect for me it's been really hard in my life to just pick somebody to just look up to because um visually i've always been um, I can't explain it. It's almost like I have this 
like problem with picking what everyone else picks. And I also have a problem of being a regular, normal, everyday girl. Like it's like a really big issue. I don't want to be. And like, you know, a lot of females in the industry, um, sadly, because of marketing, I feel like most of the time are boxed in and like, it's just like, it's not possible for me. It's really not. It's like, I can be, I can be a glam. I can glam up. Of course I can look good and you know, I'm gonna look my way, but I'm gonna have my own trip to it. My own fashion, my own sense. Like, and I don't think it's necessarily like a leadable thing. Of course, with a fashion designer or somebody, an expert, they can help me grow it. But I don't know if I'm necessarily looking out on that aspect because I don't feel like I don't feel myself looking at Beyonce and saying, I want to dress just like her. You know, I really appreciate her showmanship and in what she wears. She's always leaving you with like, oh, my God, she's killing it in that outfit. Like, oh, shit, that outfit. Like, I mean, oh, crap, that outfit. Like, you know, she's she's this, she's that. But at the same time, I want to have my like, they're always going to know that's a polio's outfit right there. Low key. Like she could wear that. She'll pull that off. Like. You know, just like how certain artists have that about them. I feel like I've always naturally had that. So it's just going to keep continuing to be more individual. You're moving out here. You already, you're, you've are you been out in L.A. for some time. You have your own studio in North Hollywood. Little yeah. Sure do, man. Things. NAACP Image Award nomination. Yeah, man. Don't, ooh, don't gas me, yo. That was crazy. I was freaking out about that. Because technically, it was a soundtrack for Insecure. But, you know, I'm a feature artist on it and a writer. So, of course, that accolade is, like, insane for me to have worked on something that was, you know, nominated for NAACP award is, is shocking. What's yeah. your number one award that you want to achieve if you could you have know, your pick of any? Um, not to be cliche, but these awards nowadays just mean less and less to me, you know. And um, it's sad, but it's true. But that's the way the world is going. The awards are a lot more political than they are. Um, I don't even think, even in the beginning, I don't think it was a measure of talent anyway. So no. it's all about and what and where you get to. So, you know, I always felt like awards were just kind of like, that's an award from him. It's not an award from the world. An award from the world is the respect and, you know, the weight on your name. That's the award, like, you know, and the, the long-term, like, fans, supporters, I guess, better than fans is you know that's the real award I feel like because you can get an award and you'll be here today gone tomorrow like I do not want the award if that's what comes with it so I really I just can't pick one I mean I feel like the award for me would be um you know meeting someone one day who knows every lyric to my song you know like something like that that would be so much better feeling for me that's interesting I like your take and just thinking about the award shows and I understand your take on it it took Nas over 20 years to win a Grammy long overdue and that's crazy. And that's wild. Exactly. That's, that's insane. Just, <laughs> it's not right. Yeah. It's unbelievable. But Poleo, is there anything else you want to let the audience know that we didn't cover today? Man, no, uh, thank you guys so much for having me, you know, DJ Mad Maximus, you know, period. Thank you for uh, having me on your show. I really appreciate the support. Go check out my newest single 241 on all streaming platforms and on YouTube. The music videos out now. And like you said, go follow me on Instagram at P-L-E-L-E-O-S. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Of course. Anytime. Thank you for coming on. Shout out to Richard Dean for connecting us. You're always welcome on the show. 241 is in the rotation. Mad Max Radio Live 365. And that's pretty much it. I want you to enjoy the rest of your day. Take care and stay safe. All right. You too, man. Thank you so much. Be well. Thank you. All right, bro. Yeah.
Peace out.